All right, glad you're with us. Write down our toll-free telephone number. You want to be a part of this extravaganza, 800-941-SEAN is our number. You know, before this, this 2020 election happened, I spent a lot of time, and it's, I felt an urgency about the, the, the country, the stated policies, the radicalism of the left, and a developing belief that that institutional failure is and corruption is worse than I ever imagined. And it's kind of it's it was becoming clearer and clearer and clearer to me every single day. And I wanted to do something. I, I kind of hate writing books, but I wanted to get it down to try and explain it, what the stakes were. Live free or die, America and the world on the brink. And we are where we are today. And I know so many of you are literally flabbergasted at what has happened to Parler and what Twitter has done in terms of shutting down and silencing conservative voices. And I, it, it, it is shocking to the system. I mean, you know, all my 33 years in radio, I pretty much have always known the media is abusively biased and corrupt and, and that there's always been these efforts to silence and shut down talk radio and and Fox News and any any dissenting opinion. And now it's now, now you got major institutions, Democratic Party, as radical as they are, taking on breathtaking hypocrisy and double standards and the media helping them every step of the way. You know, it's it's like I call it a mob mentality because it is. And, you know, culminating in what has happened uh, with Twitter and shutting down a president, conservative voices. We've talked about shadow banning and now parlor, you know, literally trying to drive them completely and utterly out of business. Let me just say one thing about where I think this is going to ultimately end. If there's some light at the end of the tunnel here is that I, I, I just have confidence and belief that freedom loving tech experts of which I am not one of them is going to figure out a way that, that people are not going to be silenced. And they'll figure out a way that they're going to go out and they're going to have an opportunity to express themselves. And Twitter wants to ban conservatives. I guess they have a right to do it. They don't deserve protection from liability uh, if they become editors and they, they decide what is right content, wrong content. And, you know, we've, we've all seen tweets from the Ayatollah in Iran about, you know, that's to America. I don't know if they've been permanently banned or, or other places, which we've talked about in the past on this program. And it's, you know, this is, these are scary. These are difficult times. I don't think most of us ever thought that, that these types of efforts to silence speech. I mean, we're, weren't we always, weren't we always told, told and lectured that conservatives are the ones that want to silence speech? Actually, no, I don't want to silence anybody's voice. I just don't. Um, I, I've never heard a discussion of anybody to ever ban liberal thought, liberal media, their rhetoric, their conspiracy theories. It, it, it matters the lies that they've told in the last four years. It does matter. And they have said it with abandon and they've been proven wrong time and time and time again. I think it's been damaging to the country what they have done. And. I actually am a believer in more speech, not less speech, but this is something 
I don't spend a whole lot of time talking about, but these efforts now have been something anyone in radio or TV have been acutely aware of for many, many years, especially if you're a conservative. I don't remember any effort to silence any liberal ever by any conservative, and if they tried to, I would not support them. And it is a systemic failure here, and now it's it's widely accepted that this is okay to just shut out and shut down parlor. Parler, I mean, I watched the interview. We'll talk to Maria uh, Bartiromo later in the program. She had on the CEO of Parler the other day. Jeff Matt, John Matz is his name. And, you know, you, you, you got to understand here. They actually do edit content that is that they deem, quote, inappropriate, et cetera, et cetera. And he, no calls for violence are allowed on there. And when it's discovered, it's rightly taken down because no American supports that. No reasonable American supports any of that. Um. Every conservative that I know, when they saw what happened at the Capitol, uh, condemned it, condemned it in the strongest terms, and they did it right away. Um, I know I did. I know when George Floyd happened, I think I was one of the first people to cover it and said, this can't happen in America ever again. And they were, I didn't have any problem all summer long with peaceful protesters. It's the people that were involved in the arson and the looting and the violence um, and taking over city blocks and burning down police stations and trying to you know, attack federal buildings and courthouses, and it went on night after night, and then city blocks taken over in Seattle and Chop, Chaz, Autonomous, Summer of Love Zones, Spaghetti, Potluck, Dinner Zones all happen. And we're going to go through a lot of what the left said and didn't say and, and point out what is a, a great hypocrisy here. Um, my, you know, I would never want to shut down a liberal voice. I just don't. Or a voice I disagree with. You know, all these years, I've always, you know, people years ago wanted to shut down Howard Stern. I said, no, if you don't like it, turn the dial. If you don't agree with somebody, you don't have to listen to them. And all these years, and, and I can go back to my history with this. And again, I'm not a really tech savvy person. The good news is they're going to be tech savvy people, I believe, at some point down the road here. And I predicted in January of last year. That, yeah, I think I believe in medical scientists, experts, researchers, that they, they will find the way for us with therapeutics and now a vaccine. And I was right. And I think that there's going to be smart tech geniuses, of which I am not one of them, that will figure out a way that that parlor will be able to continue. And these other outlets where people want to express themselves freely will be able to continue. I don't think they're going to be silenced for long, uh, even though they are. We see what's happening here. You know, all these years I have, as a public figure, I have read the most horrific things about myself as somebody that has chosen to be in the public eye. I, I, listen, I picked this life and it goes along with it. And I give my opinions and people have strong opinions that hate me. There's been horrific lies told about me almost my entire career. Um, I've read Twitter, the most vicious, vile, hateful comments, memes that have been pointed in my direct direction. And never one time in my head did I ever think, oh, I need to silence these people. And not one time. And I never would think of that. Freedom of speech is sacred to this country. It is it is paramount of this country. And any effort that would ever exist to silence a, a liberal I, I would never be a part of it i don't think any of you would be a part of it either i know what do we conservatives believe it's really not that hard 
We believe in limited government, less bureaucratic nightmare in our life, lower taxes. We want to be energy independent. We want secure borders for safety and security. Um, but yet, you know, have a system of immigration, a merit-based system. Uh, we want free and fair trade deals. We don't want judicial activists. Uh, we don't want to be involved in foreign conflicts or, or wars. And we believe in the concept of peace through strength. I mean, those are things that we all hold dearly. And one of the most sinister sides of this whole, you know, tech, Twitter, you know, shutdown, silencing of all things conservative is they actually get from the government liability protection that the rest of media does not get. If, if they want to be if they want to be a content provider, um, they can be that. But as soon as they decide that we're going to ban your views, we're going to ban your views, we're going to edit your views, then they get to pick and decide. Then they themselves have become the arbiters of what is, uh, quote, appropriate speech. And I'm not talking about the extreme speech, hate speech, or or calls for any type of violence. Everybody of good faith would never want any of that anywhere or want to be a part of it. Um, we have lived through now a period of time where major institutions, the Democratic Party being one of them, the mob and the media being another one of them, we have lived through periods now where they have pushed lies and conspiracy theories, outright hatred, uh, and have never, ever been called to account. I don't recall any of the conspiracy theories about Russia and Trump collusion, which has now been debunked four times, ever being corrected. I don't remember. I mean, probably if you go back in the accounts of all these media people, if they haven't all erased it yet, you know, they're pushing their their narrative, which all turned out and was proven false. I never thought that a dirty Russian disinformation dossier paid for by one candidate would make its way into FISA applications to spy on another presidential candidate and then a president. I never thought that could happen in our lifetime. And there's been no consequences, so to speak, for anybody involved in, in those efforts. I didn't I didn't think that would happen. I didn't think we'd have impeachment about a quid pro quo and then ignore the other guy who's running for president that is bragging about leveraging a billion taxpayer dollars to get a prosecutor fired to help his own son make millions with no experience. But it happened. I never thought we'd see wire transfers from Russian oligarch, Kazakh oligarch, shopping sprees with Chinese nationals, Bank of China deals, and literally nobody, nobody bats an eyelash. That's all happened here. You know, I look at uh, the events of this summer and, and we've got all of this on tape we'll, we're going to play a lot of this in the course of the program today um you know i i look at for example you know in the president's speech on the on the sixth and i guess you can argue it was you know what, what was ted cruz trying to say okay 83 percent of republicans think that there are issues involving the election we want a 10-day audit that's what it was about a 10-day audit and the president in his speech said you know, that soon you'll be marching. He said, I know everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. Now, we can go back to June 17th and Stephen Colbert's show and Kamala Harris was on it. And they were talking about issues that we watched and witnessed unfold and people make excuses for over the summer. And she said then 
They're not going to stop. They're not going to stop. They're not going to stop. And that's, they're not, this is a movement, I'm telling you. They're not going to stop. And, and everyone beware, because they're not going to stop. It is going to, they're not going to stop before election day in November, and they're not going to stop after election day. And that should be, everyone should take note of that on both levels, that this isn't, they're not going to let up, and they should not. And we should not. They're not going to stop. They shouldn't stop. And they, you know, and we should not stop. Or Nancy Pelosi asked about violence over the summer. Oh, people are going to do what they're going to do. Listen. And we have that one ratcheted up. Or her and Jerry Nadler. Jerry Nadler was asked about it on the streets of D.C. Oh, it's a myth. Go ahead. Hit it. All right. We don't have it. I'll get it for you on the other side. I'm sorry. I'm not sure what happened. These computers, they get frozen at times but i got it all i'm gonna and i have these montages and we'll play it all for you but all of that was said and i didn't see anybody say well we should ban kamala harris from twitter and facebook and social media or that kamala harris's statements would then disqualify her from being vice president of the united states or joe say you know that why was joe so quiet we'll prove that in our montage here and it should it should awaken everybody to just the glaring unbelievable double standard we'll get to these montages on the other side i do promise we'll play them for you 800-941-SHAWN is our number if you want to be a part of the program let me give you an example here of the some of the left's rhetoric now i quoted to you earlier what the president said in his speech and i quoted to you what in fact kamala harris said president said in his speech you know, we're, I, I know everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. And Kamala Harris over the summer on Colbert's show saying they're not going to stop. And everyone beware. They're not going to stop. They're not going to stop before Election Day in November. They're not going to stop after Election Day. And everyone should take note of that on both levels. They're not going to let up. They shouldn't let up. And we shouldn't let up. Uh, it's like, Wow. Pretty unbelievable. But there's other instances like these. Yes, I have thought an awful lot about blowing up the White House. When was the last time an actor assassinated a president? <laughs> How dare he say the things he does? Of course I want to punch him in the face. Right. You know, there needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there is unrest in our lives. You see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. They go low, we kick them. I just don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country. Maybe there will be. I'll put Mr. Burgess up against uh, Sean Hannity. They'll tear him up. The press always asks me, don't I wish I were debating him? No, I wish you were in high school. I could take him behind the gym. That's what I wish. Punch him in the... Has anything ever happened to any of the people? Now, imagine any prominent conservative ever saying any such thing as they've been saying. And and this is just the tip of the iceberg. I have a whole pack, a whole... Literally, it's like a chapter in a book of everything that has been said, every incident in which they they advocate or the silence on violence and, and either or the conspiracy theories, the lies, the web of lies, um, and and what they've said and done. But they want to silence every conservative voice. It's 
not a new effort. Now everybody's understanding it. All right, 25 till the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of this extravaganza. And, you know, you're watching the Democrats now um, and their allies and propagandists in the media condemning all of the everything. Republicans, you know, are evil. I mean, that's pretty much the narrative that they always have. It's not been a joke when I've said every two years and four years, this is what they do. You know, when they run through their list of, you know, talking points because it's their old script. Republicans are racist, sexist, homophobic, xenophobic, Islamophobic. You get the point. Um, They want dirty air and water. They want grandma and grandpa to be thrown over a cliff, none of which is true. But it gets said constantly and never gets banned that I've seen on Twitter or any social media sites. And. You know, no, no, nobody seems to have paid attention to Democrats having contested results four times in modern history, 69, 2001, 2005 and 2017. You know, in 2005, Barbara Boxer, then California senator and the name of voter suppression, she she was contesting the election. Or in 2000, even the New York Times reported on it, a dozen members of the Congressional Black Caucus, joined by a few sympathizers, tried in vain to block the counting of Florida's electoral votes. It's claiming that people had been disenfranchised. Maxine Waters in 2017 tried to block electoral certification because of the Russia hoax. I, I mean, it's I, I bet as you watch all of this, and you see what is unfolding and now the silencing of even being able, I guess, to get information like this. Um, nobody has ever raised the inconsistency of people on the left because it, it doesn't advance what their political point of view happens to be. Um, which means we have an information crisis in this country, the likes of which we have never, ever, ever had before. And it is, um, you know, the whole defund the police effort. You know, think back this summer, and we all witnessed city blocks taking over for weeks. You know, the the autonomous Chaz Chop, Summer of Love, Spaghetti Potluck, Dinner Zone. Two people died in that zone. Um, And precincts were burned down. And, you know, if we're going to go back and look at actual facts and, and things that should, you know, concern every decent American that wants... Uh, Americans to to live in peace. I mean, well, we have the whole incident. You know, if we look over the past summer, more than 2000 law enforcement officers were injured. And what happened this summer? Twenty five civilian deaths this summer. Eighty seven hundred protests nationwide. Five hundred and seventy four declared riots with violence and other criminal acts. Good people of of. Both political persuasions rightly condemned it, but there was a mysterious reluctance and resistance, as I pointed out, you know, what Kamala Harris said, or police become the enemy. The the way Joe Biden said some things was a little shocking, or their reluctance to even take it on because they didn't want to offend a crazy, insane part of their base. And we saw the looting and the violent clashes with the protesters and authorities. We saw it. You know, this went on for months in Portland. We saw what the, what the net result was in in Seattle. Law enforcement agencies, 72 percent reported officers harmed during during a lot of the protests. Six hundred and twenty four arsons recorded. Ninety seven police vehicles burned video. of Some of the protests posted to social media um, showing officers pelted with bricks, frozen water bottles, fireworks, 
Molotov cocktails. They had over 16,200 uh, people were arrested. More than half a law enforcement agency said local DAs declined to prosecute any of these charges. You have, then you have cities like New York with their, with their insane no-bail policies. In other words, police do their job. They arrest people that are involved in this, and then they get sent right back out. No bail at all. You know, you have, and for example, prosecutors referred to even refused to even go after people when they were breaking the law. One agency reported dumpsters, trash, cans, trees, furniture, vehicles set on fire. Many cities, City Hall, other iconic public buildings. You saw what happened when people tried to not through the legislative process, through their elected officials. You know, they just want to rip down, you know, monuments, statues, whatever they wanted to take down. There's, we have a process for doing these things, one of the based on the rule of law. You know, 2,385 incidents reported in a 10 week period of looting and the officers were targeted in specific cases and the consequences have been few and the criticism has been muted and that that's that's not good for anybody um i just played there some of the rhetoric of the left you know whatever happened to the people that wanted to punch the president of the united states in the face i have tape of me saying we must protect president obama when he was president, we must protect our elected officials. So this transcends politics to me. It's about decency, law, order, safety, security. Um, you have, you know, I've got the media. You know, they they were calling for impeachment before Trump even got into office. You know, I'm, I put a montage on TV. You can't see some of it, but it literally goes through instance after instance. And it's only the short list from 2017 and 18 and 19. And now here we go again. That's what they wanted. This, this, this is their refrain. This is they just keep going back to it. No consequences for the lies and conspiracy theories and the hoaxes they peddle to the American people that dragged this country through hell for three years. The breathtaking hypocrisy. They really care about Russia and an interference, but they ignore the dirty misinformation dossier, then used as the bulk of information in FISA applications for a year to spy on a president and, and spy on a presidential candidate and transition team. Note, I can't think of Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, any Democrat that ever said we can't do this. I can't think of anybody that said that uh, those people that committed fraud on a FISA court should be held accountable on the left. The inspector general made referrals. I mean, breathtaking double standard. If, uh, somebody that's viewed as a Trump supporter, they get... 29 guys in tactical gear, pre-dawn raids, frogmen, CNN cameras. You know, look, you know, you want to talk about hysteria. They've hated Donald Trump, tried to impeach. This whole impeachment thing has gone on and on and on and on forever. Listen. If he takes the risk of going to trial and he's convicted, that could be seen as an impeachable offense. If Trump were caught on a video camera snorting cocaine in the White House, maybe with one of his children, there was at least a chance he'd be impeached. If he's not a legitimately elected president in your mind, there are tools that Congress has. I don't see how that wouldn't be an impeachable offense. That tweet fits the Republican definition of an impeachable offense. I will fight every day until he is impeached impeach 45 impeach 45 grounds for impeachment 
it's an impeachable offense. Perhaps impeachable offense is impeachment the appropriate remedy. Something for the Congress like impeachment. All of that may be impeachable. That's an impeachable offense. Is that an impeachable offense? Is that an impeachable offense to you? He's much more vulnerable to impeachment. A potential ingredient of impeachment. Where do you see an impeachable offense? It is grounds for impeachment. Grounds for impeachment. Potentially criminal or even impeachable. Grounds for impeachment or does that not go far enough in your view? Grounds for impeachment. This tweet alone may be an impeachable offense. Let's talk about impeachment. Impeachment is on the table. Which impeachable offense? Bullies don't win. And I said, baby, they don't. Because we're going to go in there and we're going to impeach them do you see an impeachable set of offenses it's an impeachable offense if that's not impeachable i don't know what is the president shall be removed from office on impeachment is it impeachable 100 percent is impeachable very substantial evidence that the president is guilty of high crimes and misdemeanors. grounds for impeachment tipping point talk of impeachment reaches a fever pitch on capitol hill that's it that's just a small version. You want to talk about media Democrats this summer with violence in, in major cities all across the country, entire city blocks taken over? Listen to the media Democrat and Democrats downplaying what happened this summer. Listen. Respectfully, should that be done by a commission or the city council, not a mob in the middle of the night throwing it into the harbor? People will do what they do. There's violence across the whole country. Do you disavow the violence from Antifa? That's happening in Portland right now. There's that, riots. That, that, that's a myth. It's being spread only in Washington, D.C. About Antifa in Portland? Yes. They're not going to stop before Election Day in November, and they're not going to stop after Election Day. And that should be, everyone should take note of that on both levels, that this isn't, they're not going to let up, and they should not. This is a mostly protest. Uh, it is not, uh, it is not generally speaking, unruly, but fires have been started. Perhaps this is... Uh, some sort of mechanism for a restructure in our country. I don't care that much about statues. Respectfully, shouldn't that be done by a commission or the city council, not a mob in the middle of the night throwing it into the harbor? People will do what they do. I do think that from a safety standpoint, uh, it would be a good idea to uh, have it taken down if the community doesn't want it. There's violence across the whole country. Do you disavow the violence from Antifa? That's happening in Portland right now. There's that, riots. That, that, that's a myth that's being spread only in Washington D.C. About Antifa in Portland? Yes. It's Sir, there's there's videos everywhere Europe, online. There's fires and riots. There's th- they're throwing fireworks at uh, federal officers. DHS is there. Look online. It gets crazy, Mr. Nadler. But they're not going to stop. They're not going to stop. And that's, they're not, this is a movement, I'm telling you. They're not going to stop. And and everyone beware, because they're not going to stop. It is going to, they're not going to stop before Election Day in November, and they're not going to stop after Election Day. And that should be, everyone should take note of that on both levels, that this isn't, they're not going to let up, and they should not. And we should not. This is, you know, this has been playing out on college campuses now for decades in this country. If you're conservative, you try to speak on a college campus, good luck. You know, even in the early days of the coronavirus, when you had medical professionals, doctors that that thought that hydroxychloroquine, along with a Z-Pak, is showing some promise. So people could be informed, make their own decisions in consultation with their doctor. You couldn't even, if you said it, you got in trouble. There's now been... Well, let's see, the board study, the Cedars study, there's been a lot of them. Nobody seems to care, but you couldn't say it. 
Um, those that want to, you know, st- students get kicked out of school if they're conservative. Professors get fired if they're conservative. And it's it's just it's like a, a, a bad dream. And this is now where we're ending up with this whole thing. And it's um, it's it should sadden and alarm every American if you believe in liberty and if you believe in freedom and you believe in freedom of speech. Because that is that, that that is now where we're going. You must think a certain way. You must act a certain way. And you better you better they, they get away with a double standard that would take your breath away. Care about quid pro quos? Nope. Not if it's Joe. Care about Russian disinformation? Not if it's Hillary. Care about abuse of the FISA warrant process? <laughs> as long as it's against Trump, it's okay. It's it's pretty unbelievable the times that we're living in. I don't know a single conservative, not one, that didn't speak out against what happened and and condemn what happened on Capitol Hill. Just like people spoke out in, in pretty much one voice on what happened with George Floyd. You know, it's um, it, these things can't happen. I don't know why they didn't have security preparing for hundreds of thousands of people. It's unbelievable in a post 9-11 world to me, as I've been telling you. And all the people that came out there, the vast majority, they weren't there to, to raid, run into the Capitol building uninvited and raid the Capitol. No. And those people will be prosecuted and, and held to account. People have already have been arrested on it. You know, if you, if you ever said to yourself that conservatives can be banned the way they now are universally banned on social media, but it's been a growing, it's been a, a growing movement here. To ignore the the outright lies, conspiracy theories, hoaxes that they perpetrated on this country for years and to say it doesn't matter is just wrong. There's been an unwillingness for Democrats to speak out all summer because that's they thought that was a part of their base that they didn't want to alienate. They should have, but they didn't. I think they should have. I think there's got to be a level of consistency and there hasn't been, and there never seems to ever be. And I think that that also has a lot of people. You know, there's all these instances. You know, does anyone know that the guy that wants to put into place the impeachment ban with Ted Lieu? You know, um, I, I mean, it's just he, he was said that, you know, if Trump fired Mueller, there would be widespread civil unrest and people would, quote, take to the streets. James Clapper, many Democrats, Trump firing Mueller would result in a firestorm in the streets. These are all out there. Hillary Clinton specifically said you can't be civil with a political party that wants to destroy what you stand for. All these years of of all these efforts to silence me, I, I don't want to silence any liberal. You know, by, by the way, if you, um, you know, they go high, we kick them. Huh? Okay. What if a conservative said any of these things or punching Trump in the face or wanting to take a Joe Biden to the back of the gym and every other thing that's been said? I mean, it's pretty unbelievable. These are unbelievable times. There's going to be technological antidotes to this. I don't know what they are. I'm too dumb technologically to figure it out. I wouldn't be able to be the one. But there's going to there are smart people, and it must be restored so we have free speech, and there can be standards, reasonable standards. Did Twitter block the distribution of the New York Times' story a few weeks ago? 
that purported to be based on copies of President Trump's tax returns? We didn't find that a violation of our terms of service and this policy in particular because it was reporting about the material. It wasn't distributing the material. Okay, well, that's actually not true. That They posted what they purported to be original source materials, and federal law, federal statute makes it a crime, a federal felony, to distribute someone's tax returns against their knowledge. So that material was based on something that was distributed in violation of federal law, and yet Twitter gleefully allowed people to circulate that. But when the article was critical of Joe Biden, Twitter engaged in rampant uh, censorship and silencing. And again, we recognized errors in that policy. We we changed it within 24 hours. This is this but is. But you're still blocking the New York Post. You haven't changed it. We have changed it. They can log into their account, delete the original tweet. Uh, that was you forced the political reporter to take down his post about the New York Post as well. Is that correct? Within that 24-hour period, yes. But we, you know, as the policy has changed. Anyone can tweet. So Twitter takes the view you can censor the New York Post, you can censor Politico, presumably you can censor the New York Times or any other media outlet. Mr. Dorsey, who the hell elected you and put you in charge of what the media are allowed to report and what the American people are allowed to hear? And why do you persist in behaving as a Democratic super PAC, silencing views to the contrary of your political beliefs? Well, we're we're not doing that, uh, and this is why I opened um, this hearing with calls for more transparency. We realize we need to earn trust more. We realize that more accountability is needed to show our intentions and to show the outcomes. That was from November seventeenth, a hearing that was Jack Dorsey at Jack on Twitter, and um, anyway. Craig Marshall's with us to discuss the censorship big tech. It's real. We saw it before the election. We saw the Hunter Biden story spiked. Uh, He's with the American Center for Law and Justice, senior advisor, actually, on Internet free speech with the American Principles Project. David Schoen, civil liberties attorney and, by the way, board member of the Alabama Civil Civil Liberties Union. Um, discussing the First Amendment. This, this is not new, either one of you. David, I'll start with you today. This is the efforts to silence conservative talk radio are and have been real forever. Um, and the same with Fox News. It's pretty much now an average day for me of people trying to silence my voice. And, and one last thing, David, never in my life have I ever or would I ever call for any liberal voices to be silenced. I believe in more speech, not less speech. That's right. That's the difference right there. And that's the heart of the matter, frankly. This has been going on for you, say, as you say, for a long time. I would respectfully argue it's never been worse. It's now gone mainstream. It's now like a group of bullies who uh, take the position that either this is political correctness, you know, gone George Orwell, 1984. This is the, the choice now effectively is agree with AOC and the hate squad or you don't get to speak in most public forums. I, I mean, the, 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 and again, this is what, Craig, you're working on here with the ACLJ. And, you know, there's yeah, a lot of speech that I, 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 I don't like. You think I like uh, all the personal attacks against me? You know, I'm a public figure. I this is my chosen profession. It goes with the territory. I can handle it. You know, my family still has to deal with it. They don't like reading it. All the people on my radio and TV staff, they don't like reading it either. But it's it's the environment that's out there. 
Yeah, it's a fundamental uh, difference of opinion, uh, Sean, in terms of worldview. More speech is always better rather than censoring speech you don't like. And those two worldviews have been colliding for a long time. If you go back in history in the 1600s when they tried to uh, license the use of printing presses, which had just been developed in terms of movable type, and it was exploding across Europe, uh, you know, the argument was, look, you need to allow speech on printing presses because good ideas will rise eventually, bad ideas will fall. It's the same argument. We just now have a, a more complicated, sophisticated printing press called the Internet. But the problem of censorship is getting worse. And the arrogance, Sean, of these big tech, there's five of them basically out in Silicon Valley that are owning, controlling the vast majority of information and viewpoints and opinions. Uh, that's a scary thing. You know, and this is the point of view. I, I don't know conservatives that call for censorship. I don't. I mean, maybe you can go back to the days David showing people didn't want to listen to Howard Stern on the radio or Don Imus on the radio or, you know, any any number of hosts. I, I, I'm like, if you don't like what they say, turn the freaking dial. That's you know what? If you don't, that's right. It, it, that, right. That, that's I mean, exactly. Go ahead. Sorry. Go, no, you go. Go ahead. I'm saying that's exactly the American way. That's the marketplace of ideas. You know, I, I give the example. I represented a few years ago the Ku Klux Klan of Mississippi. Now, there's nothing in this world that I agree with that the Ku Klux Klan stands for. But they wanted to march, they wanted to wear their masks, and they had a constitutional right to do so. I would rather have all of those viewpoints out in the public domain to educate people, to let people see why they shouldn't approve of that. But I'll tell you what's really carried this thing to the next level now is, and I think Craig was alluding to this, these big companies, Twitter, Facebook, etc., have virtual immunity for their, for their conduct. I, had, I uh, consulted on a case, in two cases, in the Eastern District of New York, in which Facebook was sued uh, by victims of Hamas, terrorist bombings, because they give a platform to terrorists, because they, because they decide they can give a platform to terrorists. And now you see them barring and censoring with glee and with support from so-called civil libertarians on the left, barring mainstream figures, political figures, barring political speech from their platforms that have become the public forum now. Uh, Congress has got to act to, uh, to amend this Communications Decency Act that gives them immunity. But uh, as you heard from that hearing, I mean, no one anointed Jack Dorsey or anybody else to be our public censor. Uh, great point. By the way, I did hear, David, that you lost your mom, and what a wonderful woman she was, and uh, you're in our thoughts and prayers as she is and your whole family. Uh, it's always painful to go through a loss, always. Um, Thank you so much. Most amazing person I've ever known. Thank you. Well, she did pretty good. I think it turned out okay. I don't know. <laughs> the, the jury's still out on you, though. Um, Thank you. <laughs> uh, Craig, let me, let me go back to you for just a second here. Now, Big tech has made this decision. Now we have the whole issue of liability protection given to big tech by the government. Big tech now has protection. They can't be sued based on what somebody puts on their website, which, by the way, is, is counter to a, a lawsuit that's been going on, you know, with, with uh, this this big computer uploader provider. And I just the name escapes me at this time. It's so contradictory. But the idea that. Somehow they're just they're going to be the arbiters. That's fine. But the protection doesn't exist for news organization or so-called news organizations in the case of many fake news organizations. That protection doesn't exist for them. 
why would we continue to allow them to pick and choose what they deem as as content that they will post or not post? Again, barring the obvious, you know, racist threats or whatever people would put up there that is, you know, or advocating violence in any way, shape or form. Yeah, that's the gist of the dilemma that we're facing, and that's why we need some legislation uh, to change this. Section 230 was passed by Congress with good intentions in 1996 when these big tech companies were not titans. They weren't monolithic. Uh, They didn't control all information back then. Uh, They were just startups that were starting to grow. So we wanted to give them some protection, according to the intent of Congress, uh, from being sued so they could grow. And there could be a, quote, diversity. Isn't that paradoxical, right? The intent was to create diversity of different information uh, on these platforms and incentivize them at the same time to be free to strip obscene and pornographic stuff, rotten stuff, um, child pornography, and so forth. So they simply said, okay, you can be sued, but you can't be sued successfully. I mean, anybody can file a lawsuit for a couple hundred bucks, but you're going to lose it, which is exactly what's happening in almost all these cases. Uh, they can't be sued for defamation if they allow it on their platform, or they can't be sued for taking off opinions or pages like yours or mine because they don't like them because they're conservative. Either way, they act like publishers, but the law says they aren't, so they can't be sued. This needs to be changed. By the way, uh, Representative Gary Stubbe is introducing tomorrow a bill called the Case It Act, as in legal case brought against it, meaning these big uh, uh, market-dominant companies. So we'll see what happens. But basically it enforces the First Amendment, which doesn't apply, as we all know, to, to private enterprise, to private companies. But uh, it takes the formula of the First Amendment and requires the market-dominant monopoly and we all know who they are, Facebook, Google, Apple, Amazon, and Twitter, uh, that, that requires them, if you want to keep this immunity under 230, then you're going to have to act as if you are state actors uh, under the First Amendment and respect free speech. Let me, let me go to the legal side of this and Democrats and this impeachment issue. You know, Dershowitz and, and I, I actually thought Jonathan Turley had a very powerful analysis, and he doesn't agree with the president, didn't like his speech on the 6th, etc., but you know, pointing out the framers made it difficult impeachment. There's no such thing as a speedy snap impeachment in constitutional terms, David. And 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 then went into great detail um, to point out the 25th Amendment and, you know, on objections, the Democrats have been using these provisions interchangeably and, and how wrong that portion of it is. It doesn't remove a president. It gives the power to the vice president, carries out. Uh, the powers of the presidency, but the 25th Amendment is designed for very different purposes as a different standard and the idea that they're interchangeable. Now, and then he goes into the specifics of what would be required and nothing that would ever get done in nine days if we wanted to be, keep it legal. Yeah, uh, listen, you, you've done brilliant shows on the 25th Amendment when this came up before. Absolutely no applicability here whatsoever. It, we're seeing nothing but raw politicization of our Constitution. They had one agenda, Pelosi, Schumer, AOC, the hate squad, get rid of President Trump at all. They're not satisfied now. They only have a few more days in office. I saw, I thought, a great lesson when Pelosi said on 60 Minutes that among her motivation is to make sure that President Trump never can run for office again, which, of course, is one of the sanctions under the impeachment clause, you know, if they, fight, if they convict, which they would never do here. Um, and then I saw Jerry Nadler signed on the article of impeachment. Remember, Nadler is the one who said in the first 
hoax of impeachment that they needed to impeach because we can't trust the voters to do the right thing in the poll. This is the most undemocratic, gross abuse of the impeachment process in the history of this nation. Um, and it's, it's simply outrageous. Fortunately, I don't think it can go anywhere, but they've made a mockery of it. And they want to be able to say this is the first president to be impeached twice. It's raw politicization of our Constitution, and it's very un-American. Greg, I go back to you. So I would imagine that, you know what, this is an opportunity. Twitter now tanked on the, on the market. I'm not a big stock market person. I'm not a tech person, but apparently had a bad day. Um, I would argue that there's going to be conservative alternatives that emerge. And then at that point, the free market will determine which, you know, people will be able to determine. For example, you have, you know, most of the media slants solidly hardcore left wing democratic socialist. All right. So now you'll see companies, big tech companies offer alternatives, although they'll probably, I guess, try and make efforts to silence them, too. Right. Yeah, they have a good example is Parler, uh, which started as a, you know, an opportunity to use free speech on the platform, unlike Facebook and Twitter that have these hate speech rules that seem to change from week to week, depending on, you know, who they want to suppress, mostly conservatives. Um, the problem is it's not as simple as the old days where you just had print newspapers, right? You just, well, let's just get a, uh, a subscription to a different newspaper or a different magazine. These five companies, Facebook, Google, Apple, Amazon, Twitter, are working not only against conservatives, they're working together against conservatives and also working together to stifle uh, the marketplace. There's a recent uh, a case that was filed against Google alleging a conspiracy being Google and Facebook on uh, restricting the ability to advertise. So the problem is that they control uh, the ability of us. Uh, I mean, frankly, Google's got Android and, and uh, uh, Apple uh, has its iPhones. Most of us are on the go, so we access news uh, by our iPhone or our Android device. Uh, well, how do you get information? You have to use an app. Well, how do you get the app? You have to go through Apple if you've got an iPhone. They've blocked a number of apps they don't like because of their viewpoint. Uh, now Google's doing the same thing for Parler. So we have a problem that is of great complexity, uh, which is why I think it's so difficult for the average person to get a handle on this. I think there's a way around it. I do think competition is important, and I think it's the key to this. Unfortunately, Sean, I don't think it's going to happen in one year. It may happen in a couple of years. But meanwhile, we have to restrain the antitrust violative uh, monopoly power of these giants that are seem to get bigger. And I, I understand, you know, Twitter did, did tank a little bit and Facebook from time to time has too. They always bounce back because they control the ball. They control the game. They control the rules of the game. All right, 25 till the top of the hour, toll-free. It's 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. I'm not a big Wall Street guy. Never have been. And obviously, I'm not a big tech person either. I don't know much about the, the actual technical aspects of anything. Um, you know, if you remember post-election, people were talking about numbers. I'm like, huh? What does that mean? I have friends that invest in Bitcoin. Um, and people have been telling me about it since it all started. I've had so many people try and explain it to me. My, my team looks at me and they just roll their eyes and they're like, you're just, you're just helpless when it comes to this stuff. And so the friend of mine said, well, they've been investing in Bitcoin, I don't know, maybe five years, something. And I guess it hit a record this weekend and then went back down. I don't know. I'm not following it. 
and I never invested in it. And, you know, but then, and I'll say, okay, well, we'll explain how it works. Well, it's, it's, it's cryptocurrency. It's a different form of currency. Like we have, you know, the dollar, the yen, whatever it happens to be, all these different rubles, you know, whatever the currency happens to be. And usually the world would tend to uh, rely on the dollar cryptocurrency. And again, you're hearing from a novice who doesn't get this is based on quote, an algorithm. I'm like, okay, you know what? I was a great student in college when I went and uh, I have a hard time understanding algorithms. That was not my strong suit. And I'm like, all right, so explain the algorithm. Well, it's just a mathematical formula. Okay, the mathematical formula. Okay, so and there's only there's only a finite amount of currency that is available. So okay, well then why, and and now some governments apparently and some banks it's becoming more accepted than it had been in the past, and and banks are now accepting it as a form of payment, so on and so forth. You can use I guess different services to pay whatever, and I never got it, and it's like well, the algorithm. All right, so then I'd say okay, well why does explain how the prices keep coming up well after x period of time and this 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 and this happens then you just add a bunch of zeros to the value the worth of the of the cryptocurrency i'm like okay well wait a minute how did why does that happen it's the algorithm and then i will explain the algorithm well it's math it's a mathematical equation that keeps evolving i always viewed mathematical equations as having an answer to it and in other words it keeps growing and I'm like, this makes no sense in my brain. So I, I stay in my lane and the things that I know and and understand. And, and just it's never been my belief, trust, hope in Wall Street because I don't really have that much interest in it. And although I've been given so many different opportunities to to get involved in certain things, I, in the end, I just it's not my lane. I, it's not what I'm good at. Um, although I have other pretty good, I think, business instincts in some other ways. Anyway, so Twitter apparently dropped out about 10% today. Uh, trading was down, but it was only down like 89 points. It wasn't a bad day on Wall Street. It was just, you know, flat. And But 10% out of Twitter, it could be just a preview of coming attractions. And even Jim Cramer over at CNBC warning that Twitter could be in trouble as the stock plummets. And after the president's ban, they need uh, a new, you know, I guess they got to bring people in sooner than later now it, i will say this i'm not a scientist either but i remember very early on in january and early february of last year it's part of our covid timeline when the media falsely attacked me for things that weren't true which is pretty much a, a standard their standard operating procedure um i had said i i really just watched the scientists watch the medical researchers they and they were able to literally break down the sequence of the coronavirus in like six, eight weeks, whatever the, the time frame was. And lo and behold, they, they developed better therapeutics and better vaccine and then got to the vaccine. Now we have numerous vaccines and, and people are now getting them by the millions as we speak. And when my number comes up, there was a formula to bring your number up in the New York Times and I filled it out and I'm like 268 million on the list. <laughs> And I wouldn't dare take the vaccine ahead of anybody else. Uh, I think whatever their their means of distribution is, it should go to the people, frontline healthcare workers, those with pre-existing conditions, compromised immune systems. They they all deserve to go first. Communities that are hit particularly hard, I would go there first before you come to little old Sean Hannity. 
it's um, just the right thing to do. But eventually we'll all have an opportunity to get it, and hopefully maybe sooner than later. I know they're ratcheting up distribution. States have screwed that part up, but they want to blame Trump for everything, so they do that. Anyway, so Twitter's down. But my belief is it, it is alarming that people just want to silence voices of individuals they don't like, don't agree with. And they want to edit content. The scariest part is that they have government protection. I'm not against Twitter if they want to be a liberal, if they want to be basically a, a liberal editing, they're no longer a content provider, but they're editors, and they would then not have the same liability protections that all these big tech companies have. That is That is worth a fortune to them. But news organizations, even fake news organizations, they, they don't have such protection, and that should be applied across the board, in my humble opinion. Um, now, let me just go to the heart of where we are and, and examine in a little bit more detail what it is that the left is, is trying to accomplish here in the final nine days of the Trump presidency. They're now demanding the 25th Amendment. They're demanding impeachment, but a quick impeachment. And I watched Jonathan Turley. He was on, what was it, Fox and Friends, I guess, this weekend. And he, he just did it so well and said it so well. I actually, I, I got a transcript just so I could study it a little more. And he said, the concept of what is being proposed by Democrats, quote, a snap impeachment. And how that is a direct contradiction in constitutional terms. And then he went on to explain with great specificity, smart guy, and he's not a conservative, very critical of the president's speech on January 6th in real time. He said this is designed to be a deliberative, not an impulsive act of Congress and points out rightly that our framers made it very, very difficult. And what is being suggested now, he, he labeled a virtual snap vote on the House floor in the House of Representatives on an issue that really should be soberly deliberated. And they're going to accuse the president of, quote, insurrection. Now, again, I can go back and remind you specifically that what the president said in, in that speech, the words, you know, I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard, which, by the way, again, that would be the 99 percent. There are a lot of good, peaceful protesters over the summer. You know, the shock, the horror, the, the universal condemnation of what happened to George Floyd and people peacefully protested. Then you had those involved in the arson, the rioting, the chop chaz autonomous zone, summer of love zone and politicians unwilling to step up and and allowed people to basically take over entire neighborhoods, burn police precincts. I talked about the, what, 2,000 law enforcement officers injured, 25 people, civilian deaths in the process this summer. Very little criticism um, from those that were then running for office on the Democratic side. And, and nobody talked about that at all, just like the other double standards, just like the quid pro quo double standard with quid pro quo Joe leveraging a billion dollars so zero experience hunter the prosecutor investigating him would be fired and son of a bee they fired the guy they just ignored it they cared about russian interference not hillary's dirty dossier and and not premeditated fraud on a fisa court these these issues matter because consistency should matter to people and that we have to have 
you know, equal justice, equal application of America's laws. If we're going to be a constitutional republic moving forward, freedom of speech is vital to that. And it's amazing because the left has always claimed this mantle of fidelity towards freedom of speech. It's just not true because all of the efforts over many, many years now to silence conservative voices have been made by the left and their surrogate groups working on their behalf. I've lived this, you know, now for many, many years. No point coming on the air and complaining. We all have, you know, issues we deal with in, on the workplace, but it's an extremely dangerous idea. We ought to be the free and open exchange of ideas, ideals, opinions. And I, I do have a lot of faith in the and trust in the American people that they can ascertain what it is that they deem to be true or false or what what matters to them. Um, and and people always have a choice. Nobody's forcing anybody to listen to the radio or watch TV, although I hope you do watch and I hope you listen. And this show will always forever be independent. We go our own way. And there may be 25 of us, when I got done counting, that actually were able to expose the deep state abuse of power, corruption, double standard, the fraud in the FISA applications the the russian disinformation dossier they just ignored it all sad it's a it's it's an information crisis like we've never had anyway so um now they're out there pushing this impeachment issue on the president and jonathan turley getting back to him and they need to look very closely at the evidentiary basis for this action and again i just read what the president said and, he's, and his words, as a constitutional liberal, the speech itself does not give a clear basis for the charges of, quote, insurrection or incitement. Well, the president said, peaceful. He said, I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. Okay, there were, you know, certain things said by people that I didn't particularly like. Um, but... You don't have to agree with anybody or on everything. Conservatives are not, you know, have a lot of disagreements on a lot of issues. That's fine. That's actually in, in the long run. I think it's actually healthy. And then Jonathan Turley goes on to point out he was critical of the speech while it was happening in real time. I oppose the, the challenge in Congress, he said, from the outset. In other words, the commission that would spend 10 days looking into the the allegations of of irregularities he said but the speech that the president talks about his followers marching on congress peacefully is one reference he made jonathan turley said this he doesn't call for rights he doesn't call for violence so does that mean that the speech was not reckless he says no he disagrees with what the president did and i think when the speech was given, he goes up when speeches encourage people, et cetera, to go to capitals, et cetera. Um, they've happened the last four years from both the left and the right. He points out it is not an invitation, he said, to riot. Again, this is a liberal. And also the challenge itself has been made by Democrats in the past. And the president was saying, go to the Congress, get Republicans to support this 10 day audit, because that's what it was about. The 10 day audit. He said, I didn't support it myself, but that's political speech. 
And he said it's protected under the Supreme Court and the First Amendment. So are you actually going to impeach a president for a speech that the Supreme Court would likely find protected under the First Amendment? It's a powerful argument he makes. Not a lot of honest liberal Democrats out there, but he's one. And then the whole issue, he goes on to the, the 25th Amendment issue. It's a different standard. Objections I made. Democrats have been using two provisions interchangeably. They've been demanding that the president be removed either under impeachment or the 25th Amendment. And he points out the 25th Amendment doesn't actually remove a president. It gives the power to the vice president who then carries out the powers of the presidency and then says, but the 25th Amendment is designed for very different purpose, very different standards. So the idea that they're interchangeable is quite telling. People are focusing on the remedy, not the standard. And the 25th Amendment was designed for the physical and potential mental incapacities. By the way, side note, I don't know. I'm just guessing. I expect hypocritical Democrats may be evolving on these issues in years in the future. You never know. And in the incapacity to carry out your duties of office. Now, there could still be evidence brought forward that the president is incapable physically or mentally. But that hasn't happened yet, he said. The speech is not evidence of incapacity in line with the 25th Amendment. Again, this is a liberal Democrat, constitutionalist. The reason I make this cautionary uh, note on, on both of these provisions is Democrats have to think long and hard about the precedent they're creating. First of all, they could easily be used by the other party. Two years, Republicans could take over the House. Would they not object to a snap impeachment of President Biden? But more importantly, if you're going to impeach someone over a speech, it's a type of vicarious impeachment. You're saying you gave a speech that while you didn't call for rioting, people did riot. Well, is that going to be the standard going forward, he asks? That a president who gives a speech where supporters get out of hand, where they actually commit a crime, would, would, could they be removed from office? These are very significant questions. He's right, that need to be debated. Not a, not a snap impeachment. Not a rush to try and get this done in nine days. Serious, deliberative process is necessary, one that the framers laid out in the Constitution. And by the way, pretty similar arguments. Dershowitz is calling this push extremely dangerous. And I'll get into that when I get back is devastating is what it is and it's it's an assault on everybody i mean they they all worked together to make sure at the same time we would lose access to not only our apps but they're actually shutting all of our servers off tonight off the internet so they, they they made an attempt to not only kill the apps but to actually destroy the entire company and it's not just these three companies every vendor from um from text message services, the email providers to our lawyers all ditched us, too, on the same day. And, and, they're, and they're trying this to uh, falsely claim that we were somehow responsible for the events that occurred on the 6th. These big companies, Apple, Amazon, Google, they have just destroyed a what was likely, Parler is likely a billion-dollar company. Poof, it's gone. But it's more than just the financial aspect to that. Republicans have no way to communicate. If, it doesn't even matter if you're a Republican or conservative. If you don't want to be regulated by left-wingers that are at Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, where you get shadow banned, nobody gets to see you, nobody gets to see you, they get to decide what's violent or not violent, it's preposterous. So I don't know where the hell the Department of Justice is at right now or the FBI. 
Uh, this is clearly a violation of antitrust, civil rights, the RICO statute. There should be a racketeering investigation on all the people that coordinated this attack on not only a company, but on all of, of those like us, like me, like you, Maria. All right, that was uh, Congressman Devin Nunes on Maria uh, Bartiromo's uh, Sunday show, uh, which is an amazing hit for the Fox News channel. She also hosts the morning show on uh, Fox Business Network, our sister station. Uh, and it was also John Matz, who is the CEO of, of Parler, going over all of this. Uh, Maria joins us now. Uh, Maria Bartiromo. Great show this weekend, always hard-hitting, always informative as it is. And uh, I, I saw your, sweet, your tweet out today or yesterday, I'm not sure when, on Sunday Futures, your, your show. And it said, Parler CEO on suspensions from big tech. This can happen to anyone. Um, all these years, Maria, uh, I've been watching, it used to be message boards. Remember it all kind of started with these crazy message boards and, you know, people expressing their points of view and and. All these social media sites, and I used to spend too much time on it, and I finally just gave them all up, and we just put up news and information out there. My team does. I don't even have access to any of these accounts anymore, uh, so I don't get in all my crazy Twitter fights because it's a waste of my time. And all these years, when the times that I would read all of these horrible things said about me, all of them, and said about other conservatives and said about the president, and I'm sure you have lived through this too, uh, memes that were horrible towards me that actually would even at times make me laugh. Not one time did I ever think this has got to be stopped. We've got to silence them. The Parlo CEO is very clear. If anyone's advocating violence of any kind, um, they take this 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 stuff down. They have a policy for doing so. Maybe it doesn't happen as quickly as some people would want, but they could always improve that. Now they're shut down. Now they don't even have an opportunity, as Devin Nunes was saying. We don't have an opportunity as conservatives to say, OK, we have, we have freedom of speech. I would never want to silence a liberal speech ever, even when they're attacking me and calling me every name in the book. Well, you know, Sean, I'm really glad that you started the conversation by saying all of these years I've been watching these companies and watching what's said on message boards, et cetera, because it has been 25 years that we've been watching these companies come of age. I remember following the, you know, when we were on the doorstep of the dot-com boom in the 1990s, 1994, 96, when Amazon went public and Google went public. And, you know, when Twitter came of age a couple of years later, these companies were looked at as, like you said, message boards, bulletin boards, where everybody could put their ideas on the bulletin board. And as a result of that, as a result of this encouragement of diversification of ideas and diversification of conversations, the FCC put together the Telecommunications Act of 1996. And in that Telecom Act, they protected these companies, these social media companies, from lawsuits. They, they protected them from somebody saying, hey, you know, somebody called Maria Bartiromo XYZ. Somebody called Sean Hannity XYZ. And it was fine because it's a bulletin board. Anybody could say anything. But, you know, Sean, it's really important to do what you just did, to have perspective, to understand it ain't the 90s anymore. These companies have become more powerful and more dominant than anybody ever foresaw in the FCC and anybody in the DOJ. 
Now you have these companies dominant enough to squash entire other companies, put Parler out of business, the hell with 20 million users, the hell with free speech. This is what we believe to be true, and we see ourselves as the arbiters of truth. This I is thought a major the, problem. It's bigger than a major problem. I mean, this is now, you know, it's getting to the point, you know, for example, if you've ever supported Donald Trump, um, you know, this is like, well, I, yeah, I, I think he's done a lot of great things for the country. Um, OK, you don't agree with him here and there. What about all the conspiracy theories? You've covered it in great depth and detail on your show. Uh, I don't remember any of these social media sites ever one time ever, you know, calling out what we now know to be lies one after another. It went on for years uh, from the liberal left and the media in this country. And as a matter of fact, if you go back, because they have a history of these things, many of these these tweets still exist. They're not censored. They're not stopped. They're not silenced. And even though they were so wrong and it's so damaging what was what the country was put through for all this period of time, I never once heard anybody at any of these big tech companies demand that they take it down or them themselves censoring them. And you won't. And that's the point. They've completely exploited their position. Look, you can have a guest on your show. I can have a guest on my show on Fox Business and they can say whatever they want. And then what happens? We get sued. They can't get sued and anybody can say anything they want. It is so obvious that these companies have become wildly dominant. And this is an antitrust issue that the Department of Justice needs to look at. That's why you're seeing charges brought against Google. You're seeing Europe. Did you see what Angela Merkel said today? Angela Merkel, the head of Germany, says it's problematic for Twitter to ban President Trump. And by the way, yesterday, I happened to trip over a tweet. I don't go to Twitter anymore because I can't read it. There's way too much hate. But I happened to trip over a tweet from the Ayatollah Khomeini from Iran who was charging death on U.S. soldiers. Death on our soldiers. He's been chanting death to America for several years now. And this guy still has an account on Twitter. Pretty scary. And then the communist Chinese as well have have had access and freedom on there. Um, where does this end? Because I don't see a resolution in sight. And in part, because I don't think that the left wants one. I think now I think what's going to happen and I might be wrong. I'm not the guy to talk to about tech issues. Let's put it that way. I have a hard enough time dealing with one uh, device. That's it. And I, I've got to believe that there are brilliant technology minds in the country that are going to figure out a way for people to get back on Parler or any of these other sites. And that this is going they're going to find a solution separate and apart from Apple or Google or anything else. And I would imagine and I think um, that there's going to be a lot of people that. Maybe they don't like everything that they read or everything that they see that support freedom of speech. Again, barring anything short of that that are going to be fighting to for new platforms. Absolutely. This is a complete attack on free speech. And anybody who understands uh, constitutional, unalienable rights understands that. A couple of roads here. Number one, lawsuits. Parler 
is suing Amazon right now for antitrust violation. That we know. We'll see where that goes. Number two, the biggest sort of rug that was taken out from under them was not just taken off the App Store, which is huge, because Parler can't grow if it can't have people buy its product. The only way to buy the product is on the App Store and other you know, online stores. That wasn't enough, but when, when Amazon said we're throwing you off our servers, you've got 24 hours to get new servers, that was the end. And so now what Parler needs to do is either, number one, invest heavily to own its own servers or get a major you know, infusion of cash to enable it to do this on its own. Or we'll see if another technology company comes in here, recognizes this, and tries to also invest or take a stake here, and then you've got the lawsuits. But this is clear indication, what just took place, of the power and dominance that these companies have. And the fact that they all did it in a period of 24 hours, they all did it today together, like it was coordinated collusion, that's another major issue. You have to believe that this is prime example of an antitrust violation and that the DOJ will look at it. Having said that, you've got an incoming Department of Justice in the Biden administration. We don't know. Yeah. Uh, What do you make of, here we are, nine days left in the Trump presidency, articles of impeachment um, that the Democrats will be putting forward. Um, I don't even think they have the time to do it, trying to invoke the the 25th Amendment, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Where do you think this goes and what do you think the end game is here? that uh, Speaker Pelosi wants to impeach President Trump so that she can ensure he doesn't run again. You know, I think that right now uh, it's pretty clear that there's no way to have an impeachment trial because there's no time. And, you know, Alan Dershowitz was on with me on Sunday and said, look, the first opportunity to even take this to trial would be one o'clock on January 20th, an hour after Joe Biden is inaugurated. So I ask you, is this what Joe Biden wants to do with his time in his kickoff to his new presidency? This will be very telling, by the way. Let's see how the time is generated in the Senate on day one of Joe Biden's new presidency. Will it be impeaching President Trump or will it be trying to move the needle on his agenda and beginning uh, the work of the American people? I don't know. But, you know, there is a clause, apparently, that if you were to get impeached, then you can't run again. I mean, that's Correct. what some people believe. Yeah, so. And by the way, and Jonathan Turley's been very clear on this, too. And, and Professor Dershowitz also saying that you can't impeach somebody after they get out of office, which is okay. others have, have proposed that idea. Um, and, and again, it would be for the very reason that you are saying, you know, when you think back uh, um, and I've gone back and I've looked at the president's speech on January 6th, was, was some of it hot in terms of, yeah, the president wanted to support the effort for a 10 day uh, uh, official look into the issues that he and his supporters have been raising the whole time. That's really all the provision was that Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley were pushing. And but he actually used the word peaceful protesters, peaceful patriots. He said those words in the speech. But yet everyone's claiming he said he was inciting people to violence. How did they get from that point to this? Well, you know, what has what, what has struck me is, unfortunately, many people have been used to seeing some of these scenes, and we've been watching these scenes all year. You had a very good montage on the show the other night 
which I was glued to uh, Hannity when I was watching you on Fox News the other night, where we saw the pictures of the chop zone in Seattle, where we saw the pictures of the Molotov cocktails being thrown, uh, blown up in, in, in cops' faces and bricks being thrown in people's windows, small businesses' windows, forcing them to board up. And there was not a peep out of any of these people about any of this. Look, obviously, it was a heinous situation. It should never have happened. It was just dreadful what those people did. Do I know who was in those crowds? No. I'm sure it was an alphabet soup of lunatics who would break into the Capitol. No one would advocate such but, a thing. But that wasn't um, the vast know, majority of people that showed up in Washington. No, just like, just like the vet. Just like all the people that protested in, in the case, I was outraged. Every American was outraged at what happened in the, in the Floyd case. Um, exactly. And it, that can't happen. And there were peaceful protesters. But then you had the people, you know, taking over city blocks, burning police stations, arson, riots, looting and everything else that took place. And there was there was a reluctance and resistance that I never understood to criticize them. One thing that the Trump supporters and President Trump has stood for this entire term, this four years, it has been the rule of law and law and order. Trump supporters have been all about that. That's why they were horrified by that, you know, chop zone and what went on this summer. But look, I, I, I think that at this point, you know, they, they're using whatever they can use against this president to get him out. Um, and, you know, well, they don't I, want any peaceful trans. I mean, if they wanted a peaceful transition, they would just have the next nine days and have a peaceful transition. They want to go to Pence. Well, the president said he's go. pursued every remedy and, and that's it. There's nothing left to pursue. And he asked people to be peaceful. But, of course, that never gets reported by anybody except for people like us. Thank you, Maria. Appreciate it. 800 940 one sean is a number when we get back we'll hit the phones uh our phones are burning off the lines here i know a lot of you want to weigh in we'll do that next glad you're with us don't miss hannity we're gonna have montages you will want to record nine eastern on the fox news channel set your dvr we'll continue Hi, right, 25 to the top of the hour 800-941 sean if you want to be a part of this extravaganza uh let's start we have let's see jamie is in the great state of georgia jamie hi how are you glad you called welcome aboard Thank you, Mr. Hannity. So we're, we need the big picture. We're looking at um, them literally deleting our president of the United States off all social platforms, including his email. And who are they coming for next? Well, we know they're already trying to debar um, Giuliani. They've already gone after Bongino and Parler. I mean, you guys are our leaders. We need you, Levin, Liz, um, Limbaugh, Carlson, all of them. We, you know, and, of course, Hannity, we need you guys. Like, if you guys black out, then what do we have? Then we're left without knowing what to do. We're left. And so we need a plan. The, the uh, Democrats are totally organized. They're super organized. They have resources, and they've been planning for a long time. We, we're out there working the trenches. We're the hardworking Americans, of course, and, and we're working the trenches, but we're all out on our own. We need organization. Nobody knows what to do and where to go. We're scattering, and we're scattering to all different websites, and we need organization. It's, we need you go, we, we need our a, leaders it, to listen. come together. Yeah. Jamie, it's a shock to people's systems because and it's even, you know, I've known about corruption and media bias and institutional failure for a long time. And it has really solidified in my my mind, in my my heart, my soul, just how bad it is. I even doing this 33 years, I never thought things would ever get this bad. Never in my life. Did I ever think that speech would be silenced 
by by major institutions the way it's now currently happening. Um, And I never thought the media as an institution was as corrupt as it is. And they are. They are agenda driven. They're a propaganda arm of all things, democratic, radical, socialist. That's all true. Big tech companies. Look at the Hunter Biden story that they buried before the election. Look at what they're doing now to shut down and silence voices that that they don't want to be heard, whether you like what they say or not. Never in my life have I ever supported a boycott um, or silencing of people that even hate my guts and say horrible things about me that tell lies about me. And, And by the way, Jamie, it's all happened and I wouldn't even dare think of it. Uh, go ahead, have at it, tear me apart, but silence. And it's, it's been a growing movement. It's not that new. It's a world that I've lived in now for many, many years. And that is that if you are a conservative and you have an alternative point of view and you have an audience, they, they want, you have no idea the things that we deal with on a, on an almost daily basis, attempts to silence any conservative voice. Now it's hit critical mass. Now we're all beginning to see, just like we know the media is biased, just like we see institutional corruption, hip, hypocrisy at a breathtaking level within the deep state, et cetera, et cetera, the Democratic Party. You know, I never thought all of the, the stuff with the Russia issue could happen. Hillary's dirty dossier, premeditated fraud on a FISA court. Um, I never thought I never thought the media would ignore, not care about a real quid pro quo with Joe. I thought there was some intellectual curiosity, honesty, and not this groupthink laziness that has taken over. But it is a, you know, now this is a, this is real. This is now, it's been real for me for a long time. It's been real for Rush and Mark and, and a few of us on Fox for a long time. I don't come on the air whining, complaining about the stuff that I have to deal with in my life, but I'm telling you, it's been that bad and it's getting worse and now we can all see it. Now the answer, I am convinced, Jamie, and I don't know because I'm the dumbest tech person you'll ever talk to. And I plead guilty to that, I really do. And but I am I am confident that Parler and and a lot of the there's going to be smart tech people that figure this out so that they will be independent and apart from, you know, any any need for any of these big tech companies. Yes, sir. Are you still there? Yeah, no, I'm here. I'm it's your turn. Go ahead. Oh, OK. I'm sorry. I didn't no know worries. Um, no worries. No worries. Yes, sir. So. We need a plan, Mr. Hannity. We need a big plan. We got to work smarter, not harder. We're all scattered. We're in the trenches. We're all working and doing our thing and working hard. We need to come together just like they did. They've come together. They, they've used t- the tyrant text. They've used the resources. They've come up with plans, unbelievable plans that nobody could have imagined. We've got to do that same thing with what you're saying, using the tools you've mentioned. We've got to come up with that too we got to do it fast because they're going to hit us hard and fast and it looks like they're trying to take our knock our columns down from under this building and you know we're half of america 70 80 million people we're we're over half of america and so if we come together there's hope there's hope listen and listen, listen we're, we're so in many many do. ways i i wish there were, i wish conservatives and what you're saying it's already happening. There are a group of us that are conservative. I mean, real. What, what is a conservative? We believe in lower taxes, limited government, secure borders, energy independence, uh, constitutionalists on the court, free and fair trade deals. Uh, we believe in peace through strength, trust but verify. I mean, there's not. It's not complicated where we stand on the issues, and it is. It just runs deep. Now, every conservative 
I know, rightly, every American I know, to be honest, you know, condemn what they saw with George Floyd, for example. Uh, every American that I know when they saw what happened at the Capitol immediately spoke out. This cannot happen in our country. And I've been saying this repeatedly. But I am. But but there is we, we have the ability to to stay in this battle for liberty and freedom. It's a battle of ideas. It's not this is freedom of speech we're talking about. We don't want anybody ever hurting another person under any circumstances whatsoever. And everybody who's outspoken about that and those that do should pay a price. But I think there are some fundamental things, areas of disagreement and free and fair elections are the answer and the antidote to all of this. I've been doing this 33 years. Unfortunately, there are, there are things that I always learn and see. And when you th- think things can't get worse, sadly, they often do. But there is, I believe this is a center-right country, and we will appeal to people's sensibilities, and we'll battle in the arena of ideas, and we'll win. I believe, in the end, there's an ebb and flow. But the first thing we got to be able to do is let our voices be heard. This, this needs to be resolved. And I'm asking every, every smart tech person out there, help out Parler. Help freedom of speech. Um, and, and speak out against hate speech or people that are violent. Every conservative I know, you know what, they, they work hard, play by the rules, pay their taxes, obey the laws, put in their 14 hours a day, try and raise their kids as best they can and, and, and serve their fellow Americans with goods and services. That is the greatness of the American people. And there's, there's too many groups that are just willing to dismiss these, these broad brushes that conservatives are this false narrative that they make out. It's not true. It's never been true. And it's not anything I would ever be a part of, like those people that are racist. Nobody would ever be a part of it. Most Americans rightly spoke out against what happened at the Capitol, what happened in George Floyd's case. And because we're a good and decent people, fundamentally, there are two distinct visions for the country. But that battle is in the arena of ideas. And I believe conservative values and ideas will make this country great again. I think whenever conservatism is applied, it works. It will work for Trump for the four years he was president. It worked for Reagan the eight years he was president. It'll work again. Um, but, yeah, we've got a lot of problems we've got to resolve. And we're all smart. I'm looking for there, there will be conservative big tech geniuses out there that will resolve these problems and fix this, I hope. And, you know, it's going to just take time. So hang in there. We're, you know, one glorious nation under God here. And that is our hope that we stay that way always. Uh, Elliot in Florida. Elliot, hi. I'm doing very well. I'm here working hard at the business that I run, and I would only take out time to speak to a great American like you. I am honored, and I'm glad you called, and these are tough times for everybody. Tough times indeed. Um, To the last caller, you mentioned that you had a shock to your system as you see the current status quo, and, you know, 74 million other people had a shock to their system the morning after Election Day. We went to bed thinking there was a a big lead for Trump and then woke up and all of those leads had eroded. All of those leads eroded in states where there was questionable and uh, suspicious activity that many people have come forward and sworn to witnessing. And you've got a media that pursued baseless allegations against Donald Trump for four years based on, like like you mentioned, the they were they were outright lies. This, this spent, was all but these millions were millions uh, of dollars and, and yep. years pursuing something, hoping, desperately trying to connect dots. And now they're telling us there's no dots to connect. So they had a shred of a whiff of evidence and they acted as if it was gospel. 
and they pursued it endlessly, hearings and money, et cetera. And then you've got Americans coming out and saying, hey, we're concerned that our votes are being disenfranchised uh, and they don't want to. There's no interest in investigating. If, if I say I'm, I'm interested in finding out what actually happened, I'm being labeled, you know, a, a fascist Trumper who wants to overthrow a, a Democratic election. So it's just sad. And, and it's, it's gotten to the point where me and some of my friends are thinking there's really no point in voting anymore. Well, I mean, I would, I would I, I, look if if you ta- if you just decide to go away and not engage in the in the arena of ideas and try and persuade people that freedom and liberty is a better path for America versus radical socialism and stifling a free speech. Um, I think you're making a mistake if you don't mind me saying so. And you know, everyone's gonna. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm watching right now what the Democrats are, are, are doing, what big tech companies are doing, what the media is doing. You know, earlier today, a Chad program of, over at Fox reporting that, you know, there's going to be a censor res, censure resolution for Mo Brooks and and Louis Gohmert, maybe Matt Gates or whatever. And you know, the, the 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 Josh Hawley book taken away, the attacks against Senator Cruz, they they, they wanted an audit. Polls show eighty-three percent of Americans feel a certain way and they just want to ignore it completely. Um the legitimate questions about the law being followed, legitimate questions that raise constitutional issues. And if you raise them, if you ask them, if you want accountability for certain things just by doing that, you're not apparently a good American and and you must be silenced. Nobody's supporting lawlessness or violence is, in any way. I don't know. Not one person. The three new words of 2020 that are thrown at any any suspicion that's raised is unfounded, baseless, and debunked. And they say everything is unfounded, baseless, and debunked unless it's something that they're being accused of, in which case they'll, you know, it, it's, or excuse me, that they're accusing someone of, in which case they'll pursue it ad nauseum for. Well, let me know, ask you no a question. Evidence. Was it unfounded? Was it baseless? And was it debunked the dirty Russian disinformation dossier? Were, were, were the well, FISA applications, were they not unfounded, baseless, and debunked? Because they were. You know, yeah. was was well, Joe I've... Biden, was it really debunked him on tape bragging about leveraging a billion dollars to save Hunter and Burisma? Was that debunked? You know, not really. They said it was, but it wasn't. Well, it feels like the book 1984 where they just hammer you that 2.2 plus 2 equals 5 until you agree. And yeah. um, they're they're basically telling us there's nothing to see here. Move along. This was a good election. All 74 million of you with suspicions or a wish to to make sure that your country has secure elections, you're you're being unpatriotic by questioning creepy sleepy Joe, who obviously made made 81 million people turn out 12 million more than Obama got. So we are crazy. Well, here's for, a simple question: Why do you need? Suspicious. Why do you need a picture ID to get into the DNC convention, which is true, because I've been to a number of them, and you don't need one to vote? Are we not allowed to raise that as an issue? Ridiculous. It's ridiculous. That's correct. We live in ridiculous. ridiculous. There, There is now, and, and look, one of the things I said after the election, I said, just mark my words, I know Democrats, they're, they're going to so overreach so fast the American people, once the reality of what their stated policies are and as they go about the process of, of implementing some of these policies, you know, that I, I've i never seen work ever on any level, any time it's ever tried. Um, 
then there's going to the American people are going to say, this is a bad idea. So shutting down freedom of speech is a bad idea. Um, and everything that the Democrats have done, you know, eventually pe- it starts to get out there over time. And people begin to say, you know what, I, I think we can do a lot better than this and that people believe in liberty and believe in freedom. And I go back to well, a point I made all day today. That, somehow they're convinced that Joe Biden deserves a 48th chance, but uh, maybe he'll do better this time than, than all the other 47 years he's been sitting no, that's, around. Uh, Listen, it's uh, it, it, every remedy the president could pursue, he's pursued. He has asked people to be peaceful. And, you know, what the Democrats are going to do is going to be up to them. But I, you know, there are going to be future elections here. And I do believe that their actions will result in Americans now looking again for, for better answers than silencing people or false promises of socialism and appeasement on foreign policy. You know, we have fundamental principle differences here, different visions for the future of the country. And again, that's that's what voting is all about. You need integrity in elections, period. Kennedy tonight set your DVR, 9 Eastern Fox News, as we have a great show uh, big tech censorship of conservatives. We have the chief policy officer for Parler joining us. We'll also get into, yes, let's go after congressmen that we disagree with. Jim Jordan, Matt Gates, they'll check in tonight. Also, Alan Dershowitz, no, this impeachment, Russian impeachment thing ain't going to work. 9 Eastern, Hannity, Fox, hope you'll join us. See you back here tomorrow. <laughs> 